How much you want for this beat? This beat. Five stacks? This beat. This, this beat ain't even for sale. Stop, I ain't even gonna hold you. Come on. Word to everything I love. The I'm taking this shit the fuck back. Words bomb, my brother, no one can touch that. I'll make a hater wanna love my shit. And the whole entire industry can suck my dick. Niggas like me ain't gotta write 16. The battle rappers in the club hoping we might get seen. Listen, all over your fake freestyles, I'm pissing. Plus, I got permission from God to listen how I wanna. Now I'm gonna do what I wish to. Rap Lord, smack the floor, the fucking sister. You better recognize, son, I ain't playing. Close attention to everything I'm saying Cause I'm a one-man army And I promise you, your 13-man team cannot harm me Starving artists with a grudge Sauteed and doorway, deep-fried a judge Put them clowns under the prison Free innocent victims of the wicked system Give me the justice and the honor I'm due Swinging with orangutans, we belong in a zoo You better open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine You know I wanna take you out that outfit Ain't no doubt about it, you're silly girl South Philly girl You know I wanna meet you in the middle it ain't no puzzle or riddle, you feel me, girl? Get them West Philly chicks and make Jay kiss and overlook. I remember I used to stand outside of Overbrook. Wait until my joint came out. I was fucking Aisha before the song came out. Her best friend Keisha was a bit older. And she told her, hey, he's got a boulder. Keisha was curious, so she had to try it. Still, I'd rather see Aisha in a violet sundress. Let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Powers to be want to keep rap trivial and cosmetic. That's pathetic and pitiful. I don't fall for it, nor will I stand for it. Genocide rap, little kids dance to it. Gunshots, helicopters in the neighborhood. But you got some new kicks, so the flavor's good. Just the other night, 13 shots rung. It took about a half an hour for the cops to come. That's sicker than the tip of an old toilet brush. Some people get a kick out of that shit. They should all get flushed. Poor people have been conditioned to accept horror. Imagine if Katrina would have hit Santa Barbara. People are sick. Drug companies got them dying. Bottom line is it's all about the bottom line. It don't take a genius guard. They can't cure a common cold, but they got a pill to keep your penis hard. Ain't no money in curing your stress and your strife. But take this tablet once a day for the rest of your life. It's a motherfucking joke, but ain't shit funny. This country's just a giant corporation trying to get money. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Must escape from the madness of crowds now gathering. The good news is the reversal is achievable through peaceful and intellectual means, and fortunately, the number of those who care are growing exponentially. Of course, it could all be a bad dream, a nightmare, and that I'm seriously mistaken, overreacting, and that my worries are unfounded. I hope so, but just in case, 
we ought to prepare ourselves for revolutionary changes in the not too distant future. It is Tuesday, January 27, 2015, and this is the Tuesday edition of the First 52 on RazRadioLive.com. I can say I hope you guys had a, a great week. I hope you in, in, enjoyed having a job, if you have a job. I hope you enjoyed retirement, maybe, if you're retired. You know, because if you're not enjoying life, you know, what's the point of all this fighting we do, right? Right? we got to enjoy life a little bit if we're going to battle this battle against... The evils of the world, the crazy people that that think they run our lives and, and run everything around us. So enjoy the life also. I know it's hard. I know there's a lot of crazy things that we deal with on a regular basis and talk about on a regular basis. Um, and I used to take it all super serious. I used to be just crazy about it. I couldn't have a regular conversation with somebody. Because all I could think about were the conspiracies that I follow. 
and it makes it hard to to have friends uh you know and as you learn and i have to thank you know of course scott ledger he taught me this you have to put a little mix of different things in there try to enjoy life a little bit so you know that's why tuesdays are here so i can enjoy life on saturdays and i'm happy i'm enjoying this because it's a really nice layout for me uh it's a perfect time for me to be able to sit down and just spew my ideas you know share my thoughts with you and of course you know i got a lot of them this week you know we know the anti-vaccine community the anti-vaxxers as as uh some people like to call us is under fire right now we're under fire because everybody's afraid of an outbreak of of measles oh no not the measles Oh, my goodness. No, not the measles. Well, we're going to get into that, and we're going to have a lot of conversation about that tonight. That's something that's really uh, at the front of my mind. One of the things I'm really, it's hard to avoid because everybody's blaming us for all the problems that's happening. And we're going to talk about other vaccinations and what's going on with the flu. Uh, hey, how about a big one? Um, if people recall, I, I, made a predi- I made a prediction back um when uh, when uh, Ebola was oh, such a big deal and it kind of fell out of the out of the context of the conversation and nobody was really talking about Ebola anymore. Oh, don't worry about Ebola. I said it would take the vaccine being ready and then we'll see the uptick. Well, just this week, the vaccine went out for testing. Actual live in the field testing. I thought I had that article open here. So are we going to see? And the funny thing about this is it's already on the decline. You know, keep that in mind. If, if you, They were even saying that in the article that I posted the other day. I'm looking for it right now to see if I can find it. I thought I had it opened already. Um, it's already on its natural decline, just as the vaccine's coming out. So the vaccine will get there, and it, the cases will drop down. I think they're down to like eight cases a week or uh, some number like that. I can't remember. I, it's on my Twitter. If you want to go read the article about uh, the vaccine getting shipped out for testing uh, over to uh, uh, what's the main country there? It's uh, um, I, you know where I'm talking about. I don't need to remind you. So will we see the the hype of the vaccine saved it? So everybody, you know what, must get a Ebola vaccine now just to make sure it doesn't come back. And just like the measles, we don't want you know we don't want to have an outbreak of the measles. Oh, no, can't have that happen. Uh, I don't know. Makes you think how they set these things up. It's just like with measles. It was already on a natural decline before the vaccine came out. Uh, there's an excellent study paper out there, and I, I'm not even going to... I have this one open, but I'm not going to... The news clips are too long in it, and the information is so much. Uh, but, uh, again, this is another one I've tweeted out. Uh, it's Vaccine Impact is the website. Uh, the title of the article, The Truth About Measles, the Mainstream Media is Suppressing. Uh, go through my Twitter feed. You'll find that in there. Or just, you know, Google that yourself. And watch the, art, watch the interviews in there. Look at the charts showing the decline of measles well prior to the introduction of the vaccine in 68. I mean, we're talking like already way down, way, 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 way down. Now, what caused that? Well, we slowly, uh, it looks like uh, about 1930, well, the big drop was 1923. 
Uh, there was a massive drop then uh, in the cases of measles. And what do you think caused that? Well, our sanitation habits got better. Our, our nutritional habits got better. We were offered better ways of uh, handling product. Things, things were, were just better off. You know, they were naturally improving. There's an audio clip we're going to play here. Um, it's a doctor who's an anti-vaccine doctor. And he talks about how it is a rite of passage to come down with these diseases. Hey, listen, I, I don't know about you guys, all right, but when I was an elementary school student and there was an outbreak of uh, chickenpox in our town, we would get together so all the kids would get the chicken pox, especially if it was the summertime. That was the whole plan. Get sick for two weeks and never deal with it again. Uh, you know, maybe if you have a really weak immune system, you may possibly contract it again, but, it's, you know, you build up your natural immunity. That's what we're losing. That's what we're lacking. You know, this over-sanitation of our children. My son doesn't know what hand sanitizer is. I don't use that junk. I don't even like to use um, antibacterial soaps. They're, they're, it's been proven, and there's a lot. Well, I don't want to say it's been proven because people are throwing out it's been proven way too much. Uh, you know, it's been proven that the anti-vaccine community caused the measles. It's been proven that uh, autism is caused by genetics. It's been proven. It's been proven. It's been proven. You know what? All those things I just mentioned, it hasn't been proven. It, guess what? It hasn't been proven that autism is caused by vaccines. I'll admit that. It's not proven. The evidence I've seen, the the, the, the studies I've read, the, the people I trust, and I'm not buying anything off these people. Maybe they're selling things, but what does that matter? The people I trust show me information that I believe. I'm sorry, I don't trust the government. And we're going to get into some CDC numbers in a little bit. Well, let's start with this. Let's, let's, let's start with this measles outbreaks, or measles outbreak. Valley doctors, don't vaccinate your child. And this is uh, basically goes into the disagreement between doctors. Mike joins us to explain one local doctor's shocking statement. Tram? Yeah, let's do it. may make your jaw drop despite all the horrible symptoms. We talked to a doctor who believes children should be getting these kinds of infections. He calls himself the paleocardiologist. Our children eat foods that our ancestors have been eating for millions of years. Dr. Jack Wolfson believes that that's how you fight off infections. Four more ways, avoid chemicals and get enough sleep, exercise and good supplements. But never inject chemicals into ourselves and into our children in order to boost our immune system. Dr. Wolfson has two kids. They've never been vaccinated, and he believes children should be getting infections. We should be getting measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox. These are the rights of our children to get it. And that has many other doctors, like David Engelfaller from TGen, worried. But the problem is, is that we've been seeing a decrease in the use of vaccines. And measles is one of the most infectious viruses out there. Here's why. It floats in the air up to two hours after an infected person leaves the area. People can be infectious before they have any symptoms and stay infectious for eight days. It's easy to catch and it's not a harmless childhood disease. But one thing all doctors can agree. I'm going to pause this because one thing they don't list, there's five things. You know, they should only talk about four. 
It says here it can come back, come back, and res- beyond and spread easily. Fatal. It can come back and spread easily was uh, the last uh, bullet point there they, they didn't address, which I don't know why they really didn't address that one. Kind of uh, goes along with their uh, their mantra of uh, fear. Beyond? It's not highly fatal, thankfully. And even though most people get vaccinated as a child, Dr. Engelfaller says you should also get a booster when you're a teenager, especially if you go to college because you're interacting with people from other parts of the world, which increases your risk of exposure. Tramai 12 News. I don't know if you guys caught where it said it's not very fatal, fortunately. All right. Do people have people died from the measles in the past? Of course they have. Yes, they have. It happens. People die from the flu. People die from chicken pot complications. Uh, you, you are very unhealthy. You're very um, weak. And, and that happens. Sick people, that can happen. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that can't happen. All right, but the 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 chances of dying from the measles is about or pretty damn close to the same chances of having some form of vaccine damage. Doesn't have to be permanent. It may be the measles. It may be a lot of the symptoms of the measles. So honestly, in my personal opinion, this is what I choose to do with my child. I'd rather take the risk of him catching the measles and having to take a couple days off work to care for him, to hydrate him, to comfort him, to bond with him. Think about that. Think about when you would be homesick as a child. And I'm hoping everybody thinking about this had a nice childhood and good parents and yada yada. I know when I was homesick, it was bonding moments for me and my mother. Now, my father worked. She could take off work. So there was a lot of bonding time when I had the chicken pox with my mother, when I would catch the flu as a kid. So what are we missing out on by voiding the rite of passage? Where are we? Why are we not allowing our body to naturally protect itself? Oh, you get sick for a little bit. You have a fever. Oh, my gosh. No, really? I'll take that risk. And if you don't want to, that's fine. Don't take the risk. I'm not telling you you should do what I do. But I I, I hope that you'll educate yourself. That you'll not just believe that because it comes from the news, it must be right. And just because it comes from me doesn't mean it's right. You know, I, I'd honestly, nobody's proven anything, and that's why I get so, uh, you know, on the fence on what I really think I should do. But then when I see, I have a, a high school friend, a high school associate, a guy that I went to high school with. It's on my Facebook. He had twin daughters. And I don't know the whole story here. Um, I I'm I don't want to call. I don't want to message him and ask him what happened. But he had twin daughters. I believe they were a few weeks old, a couple, maybe a couple months. And one of the daughters passed this past week. It, was it a natural occurrence? It very well could have been. 
Is it a sad thing to hear happen? Yes, it is very sad. You don't want to see anybody lose their child ever. You don't want to see anybody lose their child because they thought they were doing the right thing. Because they were told that this is what you have to do to protect your child. Is it worth the the minute chance of your child dying by something you chose to give them? Or is it better for your child to die naturally because you chose not to give them something? You know, that's the that's the dilemma. You know, if I if I was full vaccination and, and I demanded that my child had every single vaccine he ever needed to have and then he got a vaccine and, and mysteriously passed away shortly thereafter or of what he was vaccinated against, I would feel horrible thinking that what I gave my child is what killed him. What I authorized to be put into his body may have been what killed him. There's a lot of talks about there's a lot of talk about SIDS actually being a vaccine induced induced death. Now, is that true? I don't know. It very well could be true. There's a lot of information out there that could point to that. I got a phone caller. You know, usually this person would be sitting uh, right next to me here to my right, but I'm assuming she's driving in her car home right now. Are you there, babe? I'm here. How are you? I'm good. You're on Bluetooth, and you know that's horrible for radio, so what's up? Does it sound really terrible? Not really terrible. You can go ahead, because I know I'm ranting about vaccines. I'm sure I touched your nerve. Yeah, I mean, I think each case, the vaccination, the whole discussion, I used to get really on that. But at one point, you know, sort of like arguing... Uh, creationism and evolution. It's sort of, you know, no one side is, is offering enough substantial proof to make that, that person's outlook on it feel realistic in a way. Right, and that's, that's, ex- so, that's exactly what I'm trying to say here is, you know, we, 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 we hear information from both sides and we make a decision based on what we hear and what we feel has the most uh, legs on it, which which we feel uh, presents presents the most information that we trust and believe. Well, all the information that we can give from our own personal experience is that um, Mikey was exposed to the first two vaccinations in his infancy, right? And as a result, he became severely asthmatic. As a result, he was prescribed. Um, the inhalant that actually gave him heart arrhythmia and his face turned blue one night. And we decided we were done and we wanted to go a natural route and to stop with the vaccination. And at this point, his asthma is completely gone. We don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, We don't have to deal with medication he hasn't been sick in nearly four years, I would say. I mean, he is so healthy. Yep. Um, and it's when he gets older and he decides 
you know, I want to be vaccinated for this, and if something is going wrong, I could tell you, then he can still do that. It's not like we're taking away um, his ability to to have those protections, and I say that in air quotes, um, if he wants them. You know, I don't personally believe that vaccination as a whole of more than 70 plus stay on routine from birth to age five is necessary or helping the immune system. I mean, I look around and there's kids that are sick every couple of months or every few months and staying home really sick. Yeah, and they're, they're fully or vaccinated they're, children too. Yeah, or they're, they, you, they even look kind of off sometimes, you know, and it's like a slow progression downward. And so that is really concerning to me, but it's also really none of my business. You know, parents want to vaccinate their kids and they feel like that's giving them their best opportunity. I couldn't argue that any more than they could argue their side, really. That's their decision as a parent. But I do feel that there should be more uh, studies done on unvaccinated children because right now, we don't have any U.S. studies being done on that. They're only doing them on vaccinated children. So why is that? Uh, well, you know, that is what is concerning to me. It's funny you brought up that story about when Mikey was, you know, had the asthma. Cause that was one of the things I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, I remember going through that, and we'd sit in the bathroom trying to get him to take this this medicine, which he was pretty good at taking. Uh, this is when he had the asthma problem, which we, we honestly believe was vaccine-induced, and that is in the paperwork that it can induce. Just go read the go read the vaccine inserts. It's in there that, that vaccinations can induce asthma. And and we stopped vaccinating. They put him on this medication, and, and when we saw what it did to him, uh, we used it only a few times and, and decided it wasn't worth it. So when he would have a an asthma attack, and this is what I had to do with my other son, um, we would, I would sit on the floor with him. I would press him against my chest, and I would get him to breathe with me. And I would breathe slow and deep and get him to, to breathe with me. And guess what? It, maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, his airway would open back up naturally. He would start calming down, and he would breathe fine, and there would be no problem. Uh, do you remember those nights, hon? Well, we also did get and pick up local honey and started using that as well, mm-hmm. which there are there are a lot of alternative medicines that can be used. And if you keep up on local honey or even bee pollen, which I wouldn't really recommend for kids, but for adults, if honey isn't quite cutting it, bee pollen is a little bit more potent. Um, and you can get rid of asthma that way. You don't need to be on inhalers and steroids and all this other crap, you know, there are ways to get rid of it. There definitely are ways around uh, using big pharma and and really hurting your child more than, again, in my belief, hurting your child more than helping him. Uh, all right, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Uh, it will be all more right. vaccine stuff, and I will, don't forget beer. Okay. <laughs> all right, love you. <laughs> love you, too, bye. There she goes. Yeah, you know, it's true. We went through these things. You know, we did vaccinate in the very beginning, and we saw what we felt was damage happening. So that's why we decided that it was uh, not something we wanted to continue to do. And like she said, our son has not really been sick. 
you know, he's had a sniffle here or there, and you know, uh, maybe a low, low, low grade fever for a few hours. You know, but he doesn't get sick. Even when all the other kids around him are getting sick. If it happens, it's a couple hours. It's really weird to watch because he'll come home. Uh, you know, what it hasn't happened at school, but when he was in daycare, he would come home and just not feel well, have a runny nose, and he would just kind of wop on the couch and watch TV and, you know, we'd give him juice and, and, and make sure he ate a good dinner and sometimes some vitamin C. And he'd be up and ready to go to school the next morning. And they'd all be like, oh, well, you know, he really should stay home for 24 hours. But there was no reason to. So we've done it. We've we've experienced it. We've gone through it. Um, <sighs> do vaccines cause problems? Do vaccines cause autism? Again, I've said this before. I don't know. Um, I am going to play this about five minutes, but I want you to listen to it real careful. It's going to be my break for this period. And I'm going to take a break every half hour on Tuesdays because when you're by yourself talking, you you, you need to. Step back for a second. So, if you haven't heard this, if you've never heard of the vaccine injury compensation or the vaccine injury court, you're going to learn something here. Do vaccines cause autism? In the last 30 years, the childhood vaccine schedule has tripled, while the U.S. autism rate has skyrocketed from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 50. Dozens of published research papers show that, yes, vaccines and autism are linked. Yet the debate rages on, in part because of the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, passed by Congress as a result of pharmaceutical lobbying. It shields drug companies from liability for injuries and deaths caused by the vaccines they manufacture. Vaccines that the federal government admits are unavoidably unsafe. To see how this tilted the law in Big Pharma's favor, let's look at Eric, a child suffering from vaccine-induced autism. Had Eric been harmed by a pharmaceutical product other than vaccines, his parents could sue the manufacturer in civil court, entitling them to the standard legal process with a judge, jury, private attorneys, legal precedent, and discovery, all within public view. But for kids like Eric, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act says no. Instead of suing the pharmaceutical company directly, parents of children like Eric are forced to petition the Department of Health and Human Services and, if federal health officials oppose compensation, the case is argued before a special master in the U.S. Claims Court. Many refer to this as vaccine court, though it isn't a court at all but rather an administrative procedure in which the family asks the government to admit the vaccine caused their child harm and requests compensation for the child's care. Here are some shocking facts about the so-called vaccine court. Pharmaceutical companies do not have to participate in the proceedings at all. Taxpayers pay for all damages. The U.S. Department of Justice acts as the government's lawyer with taxpayers footing the bill for their defense. The family's attorney is paid out of the trust fund administered by the Department of Health and Human Services, 
which has a history of punishing plaintiffs' lawyers by slashing their fees and waiting a decade or more to pay them, leaving some families without any legal representation. There's no required discovery process, so potentially incriminating documents stay hidden in the hands of the vaccine manufacturers. Most hearings are off-limits. No public, no reporters. There's no judge or jury. A special master appointed by the U.S. Court of Federal Claims both presides over the hearings and issues the rulings, which can limit the chance of an objective verdict. Legal precedent is limited, so the program issues contradictory rulings. In the case of Bailey Banks, a special master ruled the boy's autism was caused in fact by the MMR vaccine. Yet in later cases, special masters ruled that vaccines do not cause autism. Even though federal compensation has been awarded in at least 83 cases with autism. Almost unbelievably, the Department of Health and Human Services actually owns vaccine patents. When these vaccines are purchased, HHS profits. In the words of Eric's mom, government attorneys defend a government program using government-funded science decided by federal bureaucrats trying to keep their government jobs. Kids like Eric never had a chance. The passing of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act prompted manufacturers to ramp up development of new vaccines, furiously lobbying the CDC to add their new shots to the recommended schedule. As a result, a baby today receives more vaccinations by six months than her mother did by the time she graduated high school. Amazingly, neither HHS nor Congress has ever reviewed the potentially devastating health effects this vaccination surge has had on our children. Today, over half of all U.S. kids suffer from chronic disease and disability. At a November 2012 Congressional Autism hearing, CDC officials failed to cite even one study backing up vaccine safety claims. Congress is now planning federal hearings to further investigate the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. The next round of hearings begins in November of 2013. If you're outraged by the staggering miscarriage of justice exposed in this video, please visit canaryparty.org now and register for our mailing list. Find out how you can help hold our government accountable for vaccine safety and bring about justice for our vaccine-injured children. I'm Rush And I know there's a lot of information that was presented in that video there. And I hope you just take that information and think about it. Again, you don't have to believe everything I say. But there's some information. Why? One of my things I always question is, is why do they try to discredit? They don't try to prove them wrong. They try to discredit anybody who does research um, showing vaccine and autism connection or vaccine damage connection. There is no trying to look at their study and and simulate it or prove their study wrong, they go straight to attacking individuals. 
uh, the people who say it. That's where part of the problem lies. Now, why is the vaccine injury court so important? Why is this such a subject? Why is this such a topic at the head of everybody's mind? Or at the head of everybody's mind? At the top of everybody's mind? I guess it works either way, right? Well, because, as I said earlier, would you rather your child die of something natural that may have been preventable than your child die of something that you injected into them and caused it? Now, does it happen? I believe so. Well... I hear the fire trucks going by. I believe so. This next story is a very sad story. Um, It's about a girl in Nevada, five years old. She passed away from the flu, which, first of all... Well, are they coming here to get me? (laughs) First of all, the flu is not what kills you. It's usually pneumonia or some bacterial uh, complication that happens from getting sick. Yes, the flu induces those things. The flu helps those things develop. It weakens your immunity because it's already fighting one thing. So people do die from the flu. Not regular, healthy, young children. Usually children with problems already, which is even worse to give them a flu shot if they've already got a problem. Well, that's neither here nor there. So, before we talk about this anymore, I'm going to pay this story. Pay this story? Play. Celebrating life rather than mourning a loss, parents of five-year-old Kira Driscoll say that's how she would have wanted it. The young girl died earlier this week after coming down with the flu, and now people are joining together to support her family. Michael Stevens spoke with her parents and joins us now with uh, what they had to say. Yeah, Dave, Denise, it's hard to describe exactly what they're going through. One week ago today, their daughter was at school like every other kindergartner, and one week later, they're celebrating her young life. Every father thinks their little girl is special, and she was my little girl. As purple balloons sway in the air, friends and family pay their respects to the parents of five-year-old Kiera Driscoll. It's humbling. It reaffirms the knowledge that we had of how beautiful and wonderful our daughter was, and it helps bring comfort that other people recognized what we got to live with every day. You would have never met a happier little girl. And she would have wanted this. That's why we're here. She would have wanted everyone to celebrate her life and not be sad. More smiles than tears filled the dining room of Sweet Tomatoes, one of her favorite restaurants that was decorated with pictures and some of her other favorite things. Every little girl loves Frozen. Um, (laughs) And it was one of the more important things that she loved at this point in her life. She always wanted to make sure that I was a principal, but that I remembered that I was her aunt too. That was our actual last conversation. Laurel Beckstead is Kiera's aunt and principal of American Heritage Academy, where she attended kindergarten. Kiera was extra special because she would be the first one to give me a hug in the lunchroom and tell me that she loved me. Happy, smart, and wise beyond her years is how Kiera is being remembered. There was a little boy in Kiera's class that was getting picked on. The next day she told me, she's like, I made friends with him. And then his parents came up to us and just said how much that meant to them that she... She was always an advocate for anyone. She was just too good for this world. A young life gone too soon. 
leaving a lasting impression on everyone she met. The support we've received has helped carry us more than anyone's really known. And Kira's school is working on a rainbow bench, another one of her favorite things. They say each year they will honor her life on January 20th. Her funeral is set for tomorrow. Denise. That is very tough. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, it is very tough. Uh, I couldn't imagine losing my child to anything. You know what grabs me about this story and, and many others? The family said she had received her flu shot. But they don't seem to talk about when she re- received her flu shot. I would like to know that information. They, they do make it a known point that she did. And they also make it a known point that, you know, guess what? This, uh, I know we talked about this last week. This, this vaccine is only 23% effective. One of the articles I read said that she died of a cardiac arrest. Well, the flu doesn't give you cardiac arrest. It's not, again, look it up. The average person that dies of the flu does not die of the flu. It's pneumonia. It's something else. And one of the articles stated she died of cardiac arrest. You know, and in that story they talk about, um, in the written part of it, I don't think they touched on it in the audio part, uh, how a total of 56 children have died during this flu season. But as I scan through the article, there's no mention of how many of them were vaccinated, but they definitely make a mention that, uh, you know, the high number of cases is likely the result of this year's flu vaccine only being 23% effective. Why would you even elect to put something? And of course, they, they didn't tell us it was only 23% effective until after they had already pushed, go get your flu shot, go get your flu shot, go get your flu shot. I just think that's a sad story. I think that's really just not something that should happen. And I hope that we can all agree that my child's my child. I'm going to do with my child as I feel. Listen, I don't believe in the herd immunity. Herd immunity. I am not part of anybody's herd. I am not cattle. They want us to believe we're cattle. Why do you think they use the term herd immunity? Because that's all we are to them. Is a bunch of cattle. We should do what we're told, not argue. Just go get your shots. I don't know. I don't agree with it. My choice, I guess, right? You know what else is another amusing thing? We talk about this massive outbreak of of the measles. You know, when did this come up? Uh, end of December is when we started hearing about this, right? And we've had, they're saying 80 cases, is what they're saying, from Disney alone in this new outbreak. Well, let's look at the history since 2010 of measles. Okay? In 2010, there were 63 cases of measles in the United States. In 2011, there was 220 cases of measles in the United States. Uh, What's that, 2012? There was 55 cases of measles in the United States. 
in 2013, there was 187 cases of measles. Now, we have a big jump here in 2014. The CDC reports that 634 people contracted measles. If I now this this is not in here, uh, and it's kind of funny that it's not in here uh, because they have every other disease listed in the death rate, and it's probably because there is no death rate for measles in the United States because we have better sanitation, we have good medical care, we have healthier food, we are not a third world nation. The death rate is zero in the United States. Now, here's where the, the, the interesting things come up. This is a uh, mor- morbidity and mortality weekly report from the Center, of, Center for Disease Control, www.cdc.gov, MMWR preview, MMWR HDL, and blah, 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 blah. It's the website I'm on. Okay. So now they're telling us we are up to 79 cases of measles, all based around this whole Disney affair, right? It's all the anti-vaxxers' fault. We caused it. It's my fault because I didn't vaccinate my child that the measles outbreak is just going crazy. Now, this report is dated January 23rd, 2015. Thanks, Sonny. It is uh, reporting up to the week ending January 17th, the second week of January. The CUM for 2015 reported to the C- by the CDC of measles contracted so far this year up to January 17th is three. Uh, something's missing there. I think we're missing uh, 69 cases. No, not 69. Uh, 75, 76 cases of measles. Now, of course, some of those came out after the 17th. So I'll give you that. But they missed 76 cases not reported to the CDC yet as of the 17th. We were at 50-something prior to that. This is where they, they they don't show this information. Where are they getting these measles cases if the CDC is not providing it on their own website? Where, is these, where are these numbers coming from? Who was the patient zero? Who started this? Now, initial reports said that it was a vaccinated individual that started this. Now they're saying it was somebody who flew out of the country and brought the measles back. They're not stating whether they're vaccinated or not. Guess what? When you get your measles vaccine, this could have been a young child that had just had his measles vaccine because for 28 days you shed the virus. Yes, I said that. You shed the virus for 28 days after you get the vaccine. So how do we not know that this wasn't a, a 18-month-old or a 15-month-old who had just got his vaccine, who was brought into the, into the park a few weeks later, who didn't spread it to either an unvaccinated child or maybe to a vaccinated person, because the initial five people, uh, three were vaccinated, two weren't. Maybe I'm backwards. Maybe two weren't, or two were, and, and three weren't. Either way, where is that hysteria that it was the, the, the anti-vax that caused it? 
Where's the evidence that it's the anti-vax that caused this outbreak? you got radio hosts, some in Tampa, some all over the place, screaming and yelling about how it's the anti-vaccine person's fault and that they hope our children get sick. Well, first of all, fuck you for saying you hope my child gets sick. And second of all, let my child get sick. Bring it. He'll be healthier. His immune system would have done its job. It would help him develop the natural ability for his body to fight things off. So let him get sick. I got vacation time. I'll sit at home with my son, play video games with him, make him feel better. Yeah, I'll do that. I got no problem with it. So don't don't threaten me that you're worried about my that you hope my kid gets the measles. Cuz I hope he does too. That way I don't have to deal with it later in life. So you can take your vaccine hate or your anti-vaccine hate and stick it where the sun don't shine. You deal with your children, I'll deal with mine. That's the way it should be. All right, to move off vaccines, or try to, um, I found this, this one article very entertaining. And, you know, my old co-host and I, used to joke I don't really think we were joking I think we would both gladly move out of this country if we had the the financial ability I wouldn't be against it go find a nice place in Costa Rica or uh, any one of these South that South American countries that are just growing that aren't overrun by government control yet I know a lot of expats that live in Costa Rica Kurt Haskell being one of them I'm going to try to get him to join me one Tuesday have a little discussion, see how things are going with them. But I find it funny. This article, it was on Drudge Report today. That's where I found it. Panic super rich buying bolt holes with private airstrips to escape if poor rises up. Hedge fund managers are buying up remote ranches and land in places like New Zealand New Zealand land to flee to to invade sorry let me try that again places like New New Zealand to flee to an event of widespread civil unrest super rich hedge hedge fund managers are buying secret bolt holes where they can hide out in the event of civil uprising against growing inadequacy it has been claimed Nervous, fin- nervous financiers from across the globe have begun purchasing landing strips, homes, and land in areas such as New Zealand so they can flee should people rise up. With growing inadequacy and riots such as those in London in 2011 and in Ferguson and other parts of the U.S. last year, many financial leaders fear they could become targets for public fury. Think about that. Let that sink in for a moment. Robert Johnson, president of the Institute of New Economic Thinking, told people at the World Economic Forum in Davos that many hedge fund managers were already planning their escapes. He said, I know hedge fund managers all over the world who are buying airstrips and farms in places like New Zealand because they think they need a getaway. Mr. Johnson said the economic situation could soon become intolerable as even in the richest countries 
inadequacy was increasing. He said people need to know there are a possibility for their children that they will have the same opportunity as anyone else. There is a wicked feedback loop. Politicians who get more money tend to use it to get more get more even more money. Well, that should probably read to get even more money. Uh, editor of this newspaper of this uh, article. His comments were backed up by Stuart Wallace, executive director of the New Economics Foundation, who when asked about the comments told CB CNBC Africa, getaway cars, the airstrips in New Zealand and all the that sort of thing. So basically a way to get off. If they can get off onto another planet, some of them would. He added, I think the rich are worried and they should be. I mean, inadequately, inadequately, why does it matter? Most people have heard the Oxfam statistic that now we've got 80, we've got 80, the 80 richest, richest people in the world having more wealth than the bottom 3.5 billion. And very soon we'll get a situation where that 1%, 1% of the richest people have more wealth than everybody else in the 99%. Now, <clears throat> why, oh why, somebody tell me why these people would want to flee. If you haven't done anything wrong, you shouldn't be afraid, right? That's what the cops tell us all the time. We shouldn't be, if you haven't done anything wrong, don't worry. Don't, 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 don't worry. We'll just check your shit and we'll, we'll send you on your way. Don't, don't be afraid. We're here to help you. Why are these hedge fund managers and these bankers, is basically what they're saying, the bankers are planning on running. Why? What do they need to run from? What are they scared of? Are they scared that they've robbed us blindly and we're starting to learn that? Is that what they're afraid of? These are the people that have caused all of the woes that we're seeing in the financial market. And now they're scared because they've made billions of dollars and they know that we're learning who really did it. So, you know, guess what? They should be scared. And you should be running. Because one day we will actually have to do something about it. You might actually go to jail one day. Kind of funny that nobody's gotten to jail from the 08 crash yet to this day. Still not. Really? They steal our stuff, but they get away with it. They steal all our stuff and get away with it. So these people are afraid and scared. <clears throat> As you can tell, the sun is home. And uh, another thing I want to address before we go into the next break here, and we'll see what we cover when we come back from that, is uh, I've been saying for months, uh, probably almost a year, if not more, I know Dave said it himself. I know Jack Blood is where I got the idea from and started thinking about it, looking into it, and realizing he's right. Our next election is going to be Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton. Mark my words, I've been saying it for, like I said, over a year now. It's who it's going to be. Inside Hillary Clinton 2016 plan, new campaign takes shape with big tent mentality and good cop for press. 
Not only is she running, but we have a very good idea of what her campaign will look like. Larry Clinton is is in the financial stages of planning a presidential campaign that will most likely be launched in early April and has made decisions on most top posts, according to numerous Democrats in close contact with the Clintons and their aides. Campaign advisors say the likelihood of a campaign long at 90%. She never really hesitated, according to one person close to her. Went to the 100% right after Christmas when Clinton approved the primary, primary budget and several key hires. Most of the top slots have been decided, with one notable exception, communication director, a job that is now the subject of intense lobbying and jockeying among among some of the biggest names in the Democratic Party, or politics. One top contender is White House Communication Director Jennifer Palmiera, who is close to likely campaign chair John Postal. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, did it? Who is close to likely... Oh, yeah. Numerous lessons from Clinton's failed 2008 campaign are being backed into the 2016 plan, including a determination to improve relations with the news media or at the very least to have a good cop role to help her get off on a better foot with a journalist who will help shape her image. Reflecting other lessons learned, the campaign is being planned with more of a big tent mentality. As one advisor put it, and Bill Clinton is being integrated integrated from the staff after feeling isolated from parts of her campaign against Barack Obama. One comp component of Hillary Clinton's emerging strategy involves quietly but aggressively courting key endorsers from the left who could help increase progressives' comfort level and take the wind out of potential challengers. Two top targets, Robert Reich, the economist and former Labor Secretary in her husband's administration, and Republican John Lewis, or Representative John Lewis, the civil rights icon. In December, she won public endorsement from former Democratic National Committee Chairman and Vermont Governor Governor Howard Dean and Senator Al Franken. Bill is already deeply engaged in the campaign, warning that Jeb Bush is a real threat. Well, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is probably just a sideshow. He's just a sideshow, just to distract you. Don't mind the other 26 people that are running off from the Republican side of this whole deal. Don't worry about that. The former president got a heads up from the camp of President George H.W. Bush a few days before former former Florida Governor Jeb Bush made his surprising Facebook announcement in December that he would actively explore campaign. The two former presidents have developed a friendly bond, partly because of their work together in relief in 2004 Asian Tsunami. The exact timing of Hillary Clinton's launch is unknown, but close allies expect her to officially enter the 2016 race shortly after the end of this quarter, so that her first fundraising report will be a blockbuster. On March 4th, the Clinton Foundation holds its annual gala in New York with entertainment by Carol King, and it's expected to be one of the Clinton's first major events before the campaign. Friends and advisors say she's, she's, she's planning this campaign her way, without being baffled by outside pressure. Do you get where we're going here, guys? This is not an election. This is 
you being told who your choices are. That's what this is. You can't really believe that you have a choice. Do you? Do you really believe that? I hope not. will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country. What's life worth? Questions about whether or not you can actually win the general the Republican nomination, sir. 
Well, we've only had two little primaries so far, so it's pretty premature to decide which one is going to be the candidate. But, you know, when, when you think about it, if you measured everything I've ever said, every vote I've ever taken against the Constitution, you know, I'm a strict constitutionalist. Are you suggesting the Republicans should write me off because I'm a strict constitutionalist? I'm the most conservative member here. I have voted, you know, against more spending and waste in government than anybody else. So you're suggesting that I'm not electable and the Republicans don't want me because I'm a strict fiscal conservative, because I believe in civil liberties? Why should we not be, be defending civil liberties? And why should we not be de talking about foreign policy that used to be the part of the Republican Party? Mr. Republican Robert Taft didn't even want us to be in NATO. And you're saying now that we have to continue to borrow money from China to finance this empire that we can't afford? I, let me see if I get this right. We, we need to borrow $10 billion from China, and then we give it to Mashara, who's a military dictator who overthrew an elected government, and then we go to war, we lose all these lives promoting democracy in Iraq. I mean, what's going on here? And you're saying, and you're saying that this insinuation that I am less Republican because of that? Sand between the thighs, I got the sun in my eyes. 
It ain't always been good times working class down here. Uh-huh. Some come to party, but we live down here. Best believe we don't take no shit. Think I won't do it? Hold my beard. Watch it. They don't understand where I come from. I've been down, but I came up from the bottom and a product of the lotto. Don't need no glass, I drink my liquor out the bottle. Oh, motherfuckers, high. Yeah, that's my motto. Working class, the only people I follow. They understand where I'm from. I've been down, but I came up from the bottom. Down here, we just roll with the tide. Nick Saban and Jesus, yeah, that's our guys. Football on Saturday, church on Sunday. Been working all week trying to raise beer money. Just like you, our rent's past due. And the Waffle House ain't considered fast food. It's a luxury, like caviar. Sipping mama sweet tea out of mason jars. The ladies wear denim and the men wear dickies. Cause he's been working hard changing all of the chippy. Granddaddy named Earl, got an uncle named Billy. We gon' light up the grill. Y'all holla if you're with me. Eating hush puppets and mud bugs. And our headlights all covered in love bugs. little break wasn't it sometimes you just need to take those breaks and get your head together now before i move off of the vaccine discussion because i do want to move off of that um i i was sent an article now i i think it was sent before um i i just got to read it during the break there so i want to address this and i want to thank uh rick my buddy rick hancock there for providing this to me this is something to think about as i read this article and we'll be off vaccines after this, I promise. I won't be talking about sickness and vaccines uh, following this article. Baltimore health officials investigating possible measles case in 12-month-old. 
There has not been one single documented case of measles in Baltimore in a decade. But now the Baltimore Health Department is looking into a measles case affecting a baby of only 12 months old. Baltimore boasts a vaccination rate of about 99% in the public school system. <laughs> Excuse me. And the baby has not been exposed to anyone who was ill, nor has the child traveled anywhere that might have offered exposure. This is where it gets interesting. The child had been vaccinated against measles, according to Baltimore Health Commissioner Dr. Leanne Wen. The measles symptoms actually began began not long after the baby was given his MMR vaccine, a shot that contains a mixture of live attunated viruses of the three diseases it aims to prevent, measles, mumps, and rubella. Really, Sonny? It's my cat sneezing underneath me. Sorry. <laughs> when said that the health department, the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, and the CDC are treating the child's symptoms as though they are from wild-caught measles, out of abundance of caution. Dr. Wen said that the other possibility is that it is from the measles vaccine. Wait, let me read that again. Dr. Wen said that the other possibility is that it is from the measles vaccine. From the measles vaccine. Do, do, do I need to say it again? This is quickly evolving situation, BCHD staff, including the officer of acute communicable disease, here's a big one for you, epidemiologist, immunization staff, and doctors are working around the clock to gather further information about this case that we can protect the public and serve Baltimore. The Associated Press reported Sunday that the measles case, that this measles case is not believed to be associated with measles case from the Disney in California. The patient was first seen at the MedStar Good Samaritan Hospital Emergency Department. The symptoms that led doctors to suspect measles were a high fever, runny nose, cough, watery eyes, and a measles-like rash. The child tested positive for the measles virus at the John Hopkins Hospital Emergency Department. According to CDC recommendations, children are to be given the first dose of MMR to protect them from measles, mumps, and rubella when they are between 12 and 15 months old. In order to determine if the baby somehow contracted wild-type measles or is suffering from measles as a vaccine reaction, special laboratory tests will examine the genotype of the measles virus found within the baby. According to WBAL-TV News, the results are expected next week. Health officials believe that if the baby is suffering with measles from the vaccine, that it is extremely unlikely to be infectious to others, but they are taking any chances. They aren't taking any chances. Wait a second. How, if you, can contra if you contract the measles from a live virus that's injected in you and you then get the measles... How is it unlikely to be infectious when they're chanting about how this is the most infectious disease you can get? Are these people stupid or do they just think we're stupid? Which one is it? Any of you want to put a vote on which one it is? Who's the stupid one? Them or us? The baby has been placed in isolation at home and was discharged from the hospital last week. 
while waiting for the results that will determine if the illness was contracted naturally or from the measles vaccine, the health department is tracing all contacts the child had with a potential infectious period, within the potential infectious period. They're working to also identify patients and staff who might have been exposed to measles in the Baltimore hospital. Now, this is a hospital that touts their community has a 99% vaccine rate. What's the concern then? You have your herd immunity. <sighs> Another thing to think about. Thanks, Rick. That one, uh, that one fired me up, and there was some great information in there. Makes you think. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh God, I don't remember exactly. Let's see here. Uh, September fourteenth, twenty thirteen. I know we covered this case when it first came about. A uh, young football star went to, uh, where did he go? He went somewhere here in Florida, A&M. Went to A&M here in Florida. Was uh, 24 years old. He played uh, safety for Florida A&M. He was engaged to be married, and he was working two jobs in order to uh, get his life in order. Uh, he dropped his friend off in a, in a ritzy area in, outside of Charlotte. North Carolina, that is. On the way, after dropping his friend on the way home, he got into a car accident. And he had to hike half mile, quarter, three quarters of a mile down the road to the first house that he found. He banged on the door. It was a young mother uh, in her mid-twenties, home alone with her child. Got a guy at the front door all bloodied. Got scared, called the cops. Cops roll up, see this uh, man walking down the street. From what I remember saying and, and what I remember from the first story when we posted and talked about this, he was glad to see the cops. He was approaching them saying, thank God I just had an accident, and they lit him up. Twelve shots fired, ten hit him. He dies. All because he got in a car accident was trying to find help. You know, accidents happen. So be it. So the family, obviously, wanted to uh, you know, get justice for their son. Uh, on one twenty-one fifteen, it was reported that the trial began for the cop who shot an unarmed citizen ten times. Originally, there was no indictment, but due to ongoing pressure... From the victim's family, a trial is now being uh, beginning for Officer Randell Kedrick. Ked- Kedrick, not Ked, Kedrick, all ours. <sighs> he remained suspended during the initial appear- court appearance. Americans could be heard calling him a racist and a murderer, according to reports. In recent history, in recent history, is an indictment indication Officer Kedrick will probably keep his job and get away with shooting an innocent man to death. This article will be updated as more information is made possible, made available. So let's uh, let's listen to the the history surrounding this first. Early Saturday morning, a former uh, football player in college, a Florida A&M football player by the name of Jonathan Farrell, was involved in a terrible car accident. His car was so badly smashed he had to get out of the back window uh, and 
he was understandably in a panic and he went and found somebody's house, knocked on the door, and the woman answered the door thought, thinking that it might be her husband who had come home. Uh, and when she saw that it wasn't, she got scared, she uh, slammed the door, called 911. At that point, uh, Jonathan Farrell, we don't know if he was injured or how badly he injured he was, he went and waited somewhere until the cops showed up. Great, finally the cops showed up. So uh, as soon as they did, he went to go wave them down saying, help me, help me. And uh, they shot him. Now, uh, he is a guy who was approaching them in the beginning, and they decided to use a taser. Even after he was tased, they decided, nah, let's shoot him anyway. He's dead. Uh, the guy who shot him was Officer Randall Carrick uh, from the Charlotte, North Carolina. In the beginning, uh, the police said that uh, the initial encounter was, quote, appropriate and lawful. Now, uh, it's been a while, and uh, they've changed their tune a little bit. I'm not sure if they meant that it was appropriate and lawful in the first place, or if they meant just the tasering was appropriate and lawful, uh, but the shooting was not. But right now, they've added clarity to that statement, and they say the investigation showed the subsequent shooting of Mr. Farrell was excessive. So at least uh, the police chief there, uh, Rodney Moore, Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Chief Rodney Moore, saying that it was excessive. In fact, uh, they have now arrested uh, the police officer involved. Uh, they say Carrick did not have a lawful right to discharge his weapon during the encounter and that uh, they have charged him with voluntary manslaughter. Now, what does voluntary manslaughter mean? It means, quote, killing without malice using excessive force in exercising imperfect self-defense. Those are technical terms to describe what happened if you're charging somebody with voluntary manslaughter. Now, of course, it's a tragedy because someone was shot and killed when they were just looking for help. It's also a tragedy based on our assumptions in this country. Now, I'm not just talking about racial assumptions, although... I won't continue with the Young Turks, but you get the point behind what he was saying there. All right. Uh, the police chief had come out and said that he had used unlawful force. So update, one twenty-five fourteen. So this was two days ago. Excuse me. No indictment for cop who murdered injured victim, uh, accident victim. The victim's family and others are deeply angered after finding out that the officer who shot their son ten times will not be indicted by a grand jury, according to reports. This is one of the most despicable decisions I've ever seen made by human beings, said Kojo Natumbombi, president of Charlotte Branch of National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Dash cam footage of the incident has not been made public. According to the attorney, it shows that the victim was injured and posed no threat to the officers who shot him. Moreover, the victim's family claimed that the police department consistently denies their request to see the records of Officer Kedrick, Kedrick, the shooter. The raw story reports that the attorney will submit a second request for indictment with a different grand jury. <sighs> Listen, I just posted this past week a story of a police officer <clears throat> who shot and killed a young black man running from a church event after they were called there because he had threatened to kill his girlfriend. He ran. He dropped something, appeared to be a gun to me, turned towards the officer, 
and then turned and started running. At that point in time, the officer had already began shooting. I'm not always against the police. The video I saw, the the way the incident went down, I feel that was a justified shoot. Out of the 1,100 last year, I'd say a good 60 to 70 percent would be justifiable. That would leave about 30 percent of the 1,100 deaths at the hands of police officers last year in question as to whether they really were justifiable or not. If I uh, if I was driving on the road at 75 miles an hour in a 50 or a 45, I forget exactly what the speed limit was, and I hit a, a young boy who was riding his bike, chances are I would be charged with something. Um, let's go to my history. I was an ambulance driver. I was driving to a non-emergency call. No lights, no siren. Requires me to drive the speed limit. It's a non-emergency call. Which is what this officer was responding to. And I hit a child. Whether the child was in the middle of the road or not. <clears throat> And killed that child. Do you think I would still have a job driving ambulances? Do you think I would not face possible charges? I mean, God forbid I was in my personal vehicle and, and I had a hint of alcohol on me. The hint. Even if I wasn't drunk. Let's say I blew a point four. I bet you I would get charges. Well, in New Jersey, uh, the cop... Speeding in a 50-mile-an-hour zone, going 75, going to a non-emergency call, no lights, no sirens, hit and killed a young boy. No charges. I believe it was Colorado. An officer was responding to a pedestrian motor vehicle accident. An individual had been hit by a car. Upon responding to that call, the officer arriving on location ran over and killed the victim. Nah, I don't know what you guys know uh, about uh, what we call CEVO. It's a certified emergency vehicle operator. I, I took that course. One of the first things you're taught about approaching the scene of an accident, not a shooting, that's the cop's job to deal with the approach to that scene. We don't come in until they tell us to. But to a motor vehicle accident, a pedestrian motor vehicle accident, you approach that scene slowly. You evaluate where the vehicles are, where the victims are. Are there wires down? Is there fuel on the ground? That's what you're supposed to be evaluating as you drive up to the scene of any kind of incident like that. Even Even a shooting. That's part of the job of being an emergency vehicle operator is being aware of your surroundings, approaching scenes that you don't know what that scene is. What's going on at that scene? You should be approaching slowly, methodically. That's your responsibility. Guess what? No charges for that cop either. 
So there are many cases where police officers walk, where maybe they shouldn't go to jail. All right, I don't think that every single cop that does something should go to jail. It is a very difficult mentally job. It's very difficult. You have a lot of things you have to, uh, you know, contemplate and consider as you're as you're doing this job. Jeez, <laughs> I got squeaking going on here. Banging through the door. So I'm not saying that every officer should should go to jail just because they shot somebody or just because they ran somebody over or just because they made a mistake in their job. I would say they shouldn't have that job anymore. They might be one of the greatest cops in the world. But to make a mistake that takes the life of somebody, even if it was just a careless mistake, you're responsible for that. You are responsible for that. As an EMT, if I made a careless mistake treating a patient, I would definitely definitely lose my job. I may not go to jail, but I would definitely lose my job, and I would be suable. That's the other problem we have. There's no accountability when things are done like this. Accountability is an important thing. It's a very important thing. If I'm going to be held accountable, if my family's going to be held accountable, if my loved ones are going to be held accountable, then uh, everybody should be held accountable in the same way. That's just how our society is is developed. That's that's what our society is about. All right, guys, this will be my last break before the end of the show. Enjoy it. I will be back with you very soon. Devil, just so you can eat and breathe, bow down at their feet, surrendered liberty, tyranny and terror, corrupted dictators, posing as your leaders while they poison every leader, pumping fluoride in the water while they rape Iraqi dogs, coming down the public fashion magazines and bar. now they slaughter weaker nations, faulty explanations, selling fear to the mass, terror level elevation, simulations is unfolding, right before your eyes, wake up in a FEMA camp, drugged and hypnotized, four rights taking over, but you're all about your blame, I bet by this point you haven't heard a damn thing, by design, prophesizing every script Take a big step back, see the whole picture Distraction of the mind to keep you living in a bubble Bubble, bubble We're in a lot of trouble Because less than 3% of you people read books Because less than 15% of you read newspapers And when the 12th largest company in the world Controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force In the whole godless world Who knows what shit Reactions 
solution. It's time to wake up to the formula they're using. Stay sponsored terror to burn our constitution. Weapons of mass deception of the media delusions. Using double speak to keep you following like sheep. CNN and Fox News to keep the populace asleep. Don't look, don't question. We fall into depression. The dollar's worth a nickel, but we're ruled by our possession. I mentioned that those powers fell in less than an hour. Ignorance is bliss, the source of the power. Watching power in the shadows when we all wake up and see the land that we're living in is nothing close to free. It's destruction by design, prophesizing every scripture. Take a big step back, see the whole picture. Distraction of the mind to keep you living in a bubble, bubble, bubble. Where is a lot of trouble? Don't you want the truth? Go to God. Go to your sorrows. Go to yourself. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this that never happens when you dial 941-421-0401 at razradiolive.com we answer right away and pow you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts no screeners no delays try it now 941 941- Four two one zero four zero one and avoid nine four one four two one zero four zero one. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. Nine four one four two one zero four zero one. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com. Let's go. 
of it. You'll never be a part of it. But you'll never be a part of it. Hey guys, it's Popeye from federaljack.com. You're listening to the first 52 where you can hear the inmates run the insane asylum. That's right. Us inmates are here. We're going to keep spreading our crazy, crazy thoughts to you people that'll listen to us. And maybe we can make a difference. Or maybe we can. I don't know. I would like to make a difference. I'd like to, to believe that I've made an impact on somebody's life somewhere. But something I spewed or spouted out actually helps someone. Help them heal. Maybe they try colloidal silver. Mel. You know, we don't do this for fame. We don't do this for money. We do this because we care. That's why I do it. I don't make any money off of doing this, guys. Trust me. I put out a lot of money to do it. Not a lot. But I put out money to do this. Because I care. Because I want to... I want to hopefully... Change somebody's life. My life was changed. Was changed for the better. I mean, I, I got to be honest. I've become such a better person since I started following the crazy conspiracy stuff. And it's been a fun ride. Made a lot of great friends. Sure, I've made enemies. But that's okay. I can take having enemies. Sometimes I can't take their their abusiveness. Yeah, they're, sometimes they're pretty bad with it. But, you know, you punch through and you deal with it. It's not an easy thing to be a conspiracy theorist, to, to have all these things to say. <laughs> you, you, people look at you like you're crazy half the time. Which, you know, maybe I am. Maybe everything I talk about is just crazy. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually what makes the most sense. I mean, is that feasibly possible that what I talk about could make the most sense? I'll tell you what, it's scary if it does, doesn't isn't it? Not something uh, any of us want to admit that somebody might have been right. I see it all the time. I'm right a lot. 
Maybe not about these conspiracy things. There's some other things I've been right about. I actually had somebody call me today and tell me that they think I might have been right. Nothing about conspiracy. More about radio. Uh, I don't know. I just hope that, that the madness that we're, we're watching happen around us can, can somehow be brought to a close. That, that the truth of things can finally be determined. I'm not saying what I believe is truth is truth. I am saying it makes a lot more sense than what we're told is truth. You know, we're supposed to believe that 19 hijackers hijacked four airplanes on 9-11. Four, three, four. One, two, three, four, four. And that's why we went into Iraq and Afghanistan. But most of the money came from Saudi Arabia. 17 of these 19 hijackers came from Saudi Arabia. We see reports now of, of uh, possible banking collapses this year in, in Russia. Well, we can go back a few months in my show when oil prices started dropping. An info called us and we talked about the reasoning behind the dropping oil prices, which was basically financial terrorism against Russia. And now we're seeing the possibility of those banks crashing. Seeing gas breaking below $2 a gallon, which I think it was 06 or 07 the last time we saw that. How long till it's $5 a gallon? Remember, that's what they do. They give us a break for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it all starts increasing. They've added extra taxes because they're not making enough money. And then we're at $3 a gallon. And then it all drops back down a little bit and gets a little better. They add some extra taxes to kind of compensate for the lower prices. And then all of a sudden it's $4 a gallon. This is the biggest drop we've seen in eight or nine years. Is it going to be the biggest increase on the backside? Are we going to see when they're done fooling around Memorial Day come along and gas prices are at $5 a gallon after they've already damaged Russia? Is Russia perfect? No. No government is perfect. Was uh, Muammar Gaddafi perfect? No. But guess what? Before we, uh, you know, kind of helped with the overthrow of him and the murder of him, his people were actually living halfway decent. His women were going to school. It wasn't a bad place to live. Until we went in and allowed... The, the vacuum of, of destruction to suck in the evil Al-Qaeda, who became ISIS and blah, 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 blah. Of course, they were all financed and backed by us or Saudi Arabia or Israel. You know, these things don't just happen. I don't know how many times I have to say that. There was an article I read uh, yesterday, I believe it was, about uh, how, <laughs> I don't even think I shared this one. I don't remember. 
uh, I, oh maybe I did about how uh, retired CIA agents are now uh, the some of the the biggest people wanted in in Hollywood. Really? Does the term Operation Mockingbird come to mind at all? Come on, people. They've been controlling what you see. They've been controlling what you are fed. They've been controlling what you believe. For 60 or 70 years, if not longer... We need to we need to to finally take control of this beast back. Limit who controls the things around us. Let's get back to to state laws. Let's get back to state rulers. Rulers. I hate using that term. I know that's a the fucked up term to use. Um I've been yelled at for saying that before. I know. It's it's inbred. I mean, that's how deep inside. Even somebody like me, who who speaks out and is against it completely, still messes up and calls them a ruler. Do you have a ruler? Is there somebody over top of you telling you how to live your life? I hope not. I really hope not. There's an interesting new survey out I've read recently. An exclusive new Reuters poll showing a surprising number of Americans believe that they do. Reuters opinions editor Jason Fields. One third of all Americans think that the police lie on a daily basis about, you know, to get their own way, uh, to put people in jail. Whatever it is that the police are doing, one third of Americans believe that they lie. The poll showing that number higher in certain groups, from 31% overall to 39% of Democrats, 41% of young people, and 45% of African Americans. This lack of trust can fuel outrage following recent instances of police using lethal force. The poll also revealed large gaps in public opinion. Asked if police officers tend to unfairly target minorities, 69% of African Americans said yes, as did 54% of Latinos, but only 29% of whites agreed. But there was widespread agreement on one issue. Nearly three-quarters of Americans approve of the job done by their local police department, including a majority of African Americans, whites, Democrats, and Republicans. An analyst who looked at the data said that it actually made the analogy to Congress, which is that everybody hates Congress in general, but everyone thinks their own congressman is great. And uh, therefore, you know, you get 90% incumbency. So in a sense, it's, it's actually a sort of a similar phenomenon. People feel very much more comfortable with their own police department than they do with the idea of law enforcement. Despite months of anti-police protests across the country and surprisingly high levels of mistrust, a majority of Americans still hold favorable views of the police, 59% saying they'd approve of their children becoming police officers. Wow. Well, as I've said multiple times, I would agree with the statistics they presented. I feel that my local law enforcement, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, does a does a good job. I've never had, um, I've had a few scary, it, it, not personally me, but watching a, a few interactions. Uh, but for the most part, I've got a good law enforcement. I mean, we had an officer killed last year, and I went to his his uh, his fundraiser because it was a, a sad story. He went on a domestic. It was a, a second floor apartment, and the the bad guy got a downward trajectory. 
and it went past his vest. It went right underneath his vest at his neck and killed him. I don't want anybody being killed. Nobody. I don't care who you are. You do good. We'll do good. We can all work together. We can make this a happy-go-lucky place. I know it's a, a utopia, right? It's impossible. Uh, get everybody off the drugs, and I mean the legal drugs, the pharmaceuticals, the ones that are screwing up people's brains. Get them off that. Stop pushing it on everybody. Let somebody who's depressed or having a hard time or working too hard smoke a freaking joint. That's all. We don't need to stick them on, on these antidepressants that are proven to cause problems. More people die on legal drugs than they do on illegal drugs. If you combine the death rate of people who, who die with prescriptions, I'm not even going down the road of of uh, <clears throat> people who are stuck on pharmaceuticals or buying them illegal. Let's just stick with people legally getting their pharmaceuticals and alcohol and tobacco. Combine those three things together and then combine the death rate of heroin, acid, pot, which we know is zero, um, and all the other illicit drugs... And I'll, I'm willing to bet a lot of money on the fact that the three legal items kill more people than the three legal or the, the the five or six illegal items. I mean, really? And the fact that violence surrounds the legal pharmaceuticals so people can get them illegally is another thing that. It should make you go, what? What? And I find it very interesting in, in that last story there. How uh, the statistics are so skewed between blacks, Hispanic, and white. Doesn't that tell you something? We've got a lot of things to work on in this country. We have a lot of things to work on as human beings. It's time we all become better human beings. It's time we all start standing up for each other. Even the ones you don't like. If they're not doing anything wrong, stand up for them. Stand up for the children. Don't allow, don't allow this this country to to be run into this massive control grid environment that we're living in. I don't want my child to grow up like that. I'm damn sure you don't want your child to grow up like that. Well, guys, I appreciate you tuning in and listening to me uh, rant my BS on another Tuesday night has been the Tuesday edition of the First 52 with your host, Sean. And I look forward to talking to you next week. You have a great night, a great week. Be safe. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Emotions misplaced. Love or to hate
so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity
the same as I return to the land where I'm seized with trains where the temperature's high. So am I. And so are the shorts of the girls who walk by where the black top is hot with no shade at all. Reminiscent of the summers that came before where the hustle's strong or you won't survive. Graffiti tells the story of a million lives. Through the sounds of cement, the concrete's alive where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide. Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life where the express bus runs twice a night to the stadium that's packed every Monday night to the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight where you can get what you want if the price is right and screaming fuck you's another way to be polite Just a few perks when you're in my zone This is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home 